0: Taking there's a holiday approaching and nothing is slowing down. Is anything slowing down in your life? Not in my life, Chris. This is the end of the year
1: crunch and the holiday crunch has all converged into one. And by the way, there's a lot of political news this week
0: too. That's what I mean. It's like, it's crazy. You would think it's the biggest news week of the year. I guess we'll have one week perhaps of rest that last week of the year, but everything is really intense right now. What do you say we get into it? Let's get into it, Chris. So Hunter Biden went to Congress, and that's not the news that we'll end up discussing, but that's where the news begins, because he showed up on Capitol Hill. He was subpoenaed, closed door meeting, and he said, no, 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 I want to do this in public. So he didn't show up for the closed door meeting, but he held a little press conference outside in front of the Capitol, showing America that he was there. And as you wrote, one of the things that he said was, my father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. And while he was saying that, and as there has been, as far as I'm aware, no evidence that has linked Joe Biden to anything that Hunter Biden did financially, at the same time, Republicans went forward with the impeachment inquiry and they are using anything. And as you wrote, we should expect to hear more about this in the coming weeks. Republicans are intent on holding an impeachment vote in the early stages of the presidential campaign. They want the split screen of Joe Biden facing a Senate trial as Donald Trump is facing a criminal trial. So there's a lot there. The idea that Biden would actually go to an impeachment trial so that the House would go from an impeachment inquiry into actually impeaching Biden, so we can talk about that. There's the idea that Trump's criminal trial actually will be going forward in a timely fashion. Doesn't seem like that necessarily is going to happen. And of course, all of this is occurring while Iowa and the Iowa caucuses are only about 30 days away. And by most polls, Trump is up by something like 50 points. So how does all that come together in your mind? Let's start with the presidential
1: campaign. So if Donald Trump is up, according to the Des Moines Register poll that came out this week, by 50 points in Iowa... He's now announced that he's going to blitz Iowa and have a series of campaign stops. If he wins the Iowa caucuses by 40 or 50 or maybe 60 points, this presidential race on the Republican side is over. Donald Trump is the nominee. I mean, I think Donald Trump is the nominee anyway. But it will be very hard if you're Nikki Haley or if you're Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy to stay in this race. I mean, maybe you might go to New Hampshire. You know, maybe you might say New Hampshire is a different state than Iowa. But then if you get blown out there by 40 percentage points, this race is completely over. Why is that important? It's important because the House of Representatives has pretty much taken its cues from Donald Trump. Although when Kevin McCarthy was Speaker, You know, Kevin McCarthy didn't endorse Trump for president. He didn't want to be seen as doing Trump's bidding. If Trump is the nominee of the Republican Party, the House of Representatives will be only doing Trump's bidding. They will all endorse Donald Trump within a very short period of time. And everything that happens in the House, you will have to view it through the prism of this campaign. And so what are House Republicans trying to do? In my view, the reason that you start an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, even though by many Republicans' own admission, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, is they are intent, and Donald Trump is intent, on getting Biden impeached in forcing the Senate to have a trial. That's what I think is happening right now. Will it happen? That's a different question, Chris.
0: So we're in the inquiry stage right now, and the Republican members who voted, let's say the Ones who are close to, or according to them, close to considering not voting, people like Ken Buck, they acknowledge there's no evidence. And what they say is, yeah, but Biden really put us in a box because we're asking Biden for X, Y, Z. And he's saying, well, hey, I I can't give it to you because there's not an inquiry. You're just asking for stuff. There's not an actual inquiry. So their argument is, well, that's why we have to do an inquiry. We know what's really going on. What's really going on is Mike Johnson is trying to ski down a monster slalom slope and the gates are really, really close together. And he's going at full speed and he's got to somehow get between those flags. And on one side, the flag is the Freedom Caucus and the part of the party that is just Biden impeachment or die. And the other flag, let's call them the Biden District 18. I think that's the number of Republican representatives who are in Biden districts. And some number of them, I would think, are going to be like, well, I want to go along with the party to a certain extent because I don't want to get primaried, but whoa, 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 I can't vote for an actual trial because that's not going to go over my district. By the way, even as I'm saying that, Tegan, I can also subsequently hear them say, well, well, I'm going to vote for the trial, but that doesn't mean I have to vote to actually impeach. Like They will keep kicking that can down the road. Let's just say that that's the slope that Johnson is skiing down. Is that navigable? To use your skiing analogy, you know, Johnson
1: could easily clip one of these flags and tumble all the way down the hill. And when you look at the way that Republicans have managed the House since taking a majority after the uh, 2022 election, they haven't proven themselves very adept at governing in the House. And so, you know, I think the likelihood of Johnson clipping one of those flags and tumbling down to the bottom of the hill and potentially getting injured is probably quite high. But uh, it doesn't mean they won't try. And like I said, if Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party in mid-January, which is very possible if he wins these first two races by a large margin, then all of Republicans, even those 18 Republicans in Biden districts, there's going to be a ton of pressure on them to vote to impeach Joe Biden they'll come up with some justification, a justification that they don't know now, but they'll come up with some justification. And my reasoning is, is that they are desperate and Donald Trump is desperate to have that show, to put Joe Biden on trial in the US Senate, because Donald Trump will be on trial in various federal courthouses around the country. And they are intent on having the split screen view. And so that's why I think They will push hard. Will it happen? You can't predict with the House Republicans because their best laid plans frequently come unraveled. But that is what they're trying to do right now. And four days after Iowa, potential government shutdown. That's right. January 19th. So you have a situation where if Trump wins the Iowa caucuses on the 15th and a few days later, you have this looming government shutdown, you can bet Donald Trump will call for a government shutdown as quickly as possible. And with Republicans now increasingly scared of Donald Trump, because he will be the nominee and the leader of their party, I don't think they're going to buck him on it. So it's a mess. This presidential race will get started earlier than any other presidential race in modern history, this general election, I mean.
0: And as well, in early 2024, probably we're hearing end of January, maybe beginning of February, the Supreme Court is going to rule on Trump's immunity claims there's a bunch of analysis and it goes in a variety of directions. But I've got to say, I'm seeing a lot of analysis that is speculating that it's very possible that two of the four counts get dropped. And so if you have a January where Trump, who's up by 50, by the way, not only is he up by 50 in that Des Moines Register poll, but I'm reading other reporting that shows that he's actually picking up support as he's going along. Trump, gave a speech in Iowa. And apparently the last couple of speeches he's giving, he's asking people, raise your hand if you are planning to caucus and this will be your first time ever caucusing. And according to the news reporter, about 50% of the people in the audience are self-identifying as first-time caucus goers in Iowa. He is picking up support There's a world where he wins Iowa by some big number. I mean, even if it's not 50, what if it's 25? And actually, that's probably a different discussion. Let's just say that he wins by 25, a massive number. And then two weeks later, the Supreme Court knocks out one, maybe two of the counts. Now where are we?
1: You've got four criminal cases that Donald Trump is facing, one in Manhattan, one in Georgia, and then two in federal courts. We know that the one in Georgia is likely to start sometime in the fall, many, many months away. We know that the one in Manhattan is essentially being put on hold while these other cases kind of work their way through. We know the one that's in Florida on classified documents. Trump has a sympathetic judge in that case who seems to be open to every twist and turn. And every time he proposes some sort of delay, she seems to be okay with that. And so the one that we're talking about and the one that I think special counsel Jack Smith is most concerned about is the one in Washington, D.C., the election interference case, which was scheduled to start on March 5th. And now, as you say, might be delayed because of this immunity appeal, which the Supreme Court has been asked to weigh in on. And they've indicated that they would like to hear the arguments from the Trump campaign since the special counsel has already put his arguments into the court. We know that Trump is running a campaign to delay every one of these cases as far as he can so that somehow he can push them off until after the election and he can declare himself innocent and dismiss Jack Smith and dismiss these cases, at least the federal cases. So that is what his gambit is right now. And that is what he's trying to do. So it'll be fascinating to see how the Supreme Court rules. One would think the Supreme Court would rule that Trump is not immune. He doesn't have lifetime immunity for these charges. And that he can be held accountable for crimes that he committed while president. But you never know if for some reason the Supreme Court were to rule in favor of Trump. Well, we've just entered a whole new world of presidential power, one that I don't think any of the previous presidents ever would have expected. Richard Nixon will literally be rolling in his grave if that happens.
0: If he's literally rolling in his grave, that's a massive story. I want to see (laughs) the video on that. So if we're ending December with a ridiculous amount of news, and it sounds like very likely we're going to start January with a ridiculous amount of news. And if we get lucky, we'll have one week of rest in between the two at the end of December. One piece of news that because there have been so many crazy headlines, as you noted earlier today when we were talking, is kind of floated under the radar. Oh, by the way, New York is redistricting again, and this very thin Republican majority in the House might all of a sudden really be uncertain if all of a sudden New York has more Democratic districts than Republican districts
1: is probably one of the biggest pieces of political news this week in the fact that New York essentially has been ordered to redistrict yet again practically what it does is another state was also ordered to redistrict in North Carolina. They did. They created more seats that are going to lean Republican to gerrymandering. It's expected that Democrats in New York will try to do that as well. And so that should equalize the number of seats that Republicans think that they're going to gain in North Carolina. Those should be balanced out by seats that Democrats would gain in New York if all things go well. But it's pretty big news when you've got a House of Representatives, that as we're recording, Republicans can only afford to lose three votes right now. Kevin McCarthy's leaving at the end of this month. It'll be down to two votes with the vacancies that we currently have. And all of this is important when you look towards a possible impeachment vote. As you were saying, it's going to be hard enough to swing some of those Republican votes, particularly in those biden one districts. It's going to be harder if the Republican majority just keeps shrinking like this. So it's a big deal, in this case. It's a big deal for Democrats because it makes their opportunity for retaking control of the House that much stronger. What's interesting to me, Chris, though, is that we also have some cases down south in Florida and Georgia and Louisiana, where judges have also said that redistricting needs to be done in order to create majority black districts in those states. You know, when I learned all about redistricting back when I was a teenager, you know, I thought it happened every 10 years. It seems to happen all the time now. It's case after case. It's being fought out in courts. I mean, you know, you and I are both in New York, and we've seen our congressional district get redrawn twice in the last two years, and
0: it's about to be redrawn again. I was thinking about that just as you were saying it. It's just another institution. It's just another aspect where confidence risks being eroded because it just feels like whoever's got the power is going to try to change the rules. And you're absolutely right. It happened every 10 years. The problem is it happened every 10 years, and then various states created districts that were beyond absurd. And then states made laws where some of those districts would sustain even after various changes in government funny business occurred. And so now things had to go to court because you need some adjudication on things that aren't being handled appropriately in the legislative branch or perhaps through executive action. But as we're talking about the Supreme Court earlier in this conversation, an area where, to put it mildly, public confidence is very low. Now they will have a ruling on a former president. So getting involved in that aspect, which depending on what happens, public confidence can really take a bit of a hit. And the redistricting, the continual back and forth just kind of adds to it. And I know that redistricting is an area that our listeners have given us a lot of feedback on, and it's something that I think a lot of our listeners think about quite a bit. And I guess the punchline is there's going to be a lot more to think about. It's not going away.
1: No, it's not. In fact, the uh, control of the House of Representatives could easily be decided by some of this map changing that's happening here in 2023. In a time when it wasn't supposed to happen. But these things are fought out in the courts now. And so how that changes voter perceptions of the fairness of this, we will see. But like I said earlier, you and I both live in a district that's been changed multiple times. It's about to be changed again, even though there's been a primary challenge introduced in that district. The candidates are already kind of announced, but they're not really sure where they're running yet. It's going to be a kind of a mess, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But when you've got control of the House of Representatives on the line, you can bet that there's going to be an awful lot of money spent on this.
0: That is a sure bet. There will be a lot of money spent on holiday gifts, and there will be a lot of money spent on redistricting fights that are certain to come over the next year. The other thing that a lot of money is going to be spent on, already has been and will continue to be, is polling. And there are a number of polls out. We talked about the Des Moines Register poll. There's a Pew Research has a new poll out on Biden approval ratings. We're going to be getting into a great deal of that next week, per your suggestion, which I think was a great one. Let's do a bit of a deep dive on polls next week what should we be looking for? What are they saying right now? How should we be interpreting what they say? Why does 50% in a Des Moines Register poll, why is that a number that is more believable or less believable than polling that might come out from other places? Why don't we take our last pre-mailbag episode of the year and do a bit of a deep dive on polling? Won't be the only thing that we cover, but why don't we do a little bit of thinking on that? that sound good to you?
1: Yeah, well, if you talk about lack of trust in our political system, I think there is a massive lack of trust in these polls and what they're saying. And so the question is, do we believe them or not?
0: And you know what? As you say that, that makes me think as well about the last couple of election cycles where you remember that red wave that was coming all the polls said it was coming. In 2022, there was going to be one. Previous times, there was going to be one. The actual votes have been showing that the polls don't always tell the story that actually occurs.
1: Not always, Chris, but sometimes they do. That's why it's hard. (laughs) Talk to you next week, Tegan. Talk to you, Chris. Bye.